Salahuddin Yusuf Ibn Ayyub, known to the world as Saladin, emerges from the pages of history as a figure of unparalleled complexity and greatness. Saladin's early years were shaped by the turbulent political landscape of the Islamic world during the 12th century. He was born in modern-day Iraq in around the year 1137. His given name was Yusuf, while Saladin served as a nickname he gained in adulthood, an honorific title translating to the righteousness of the faith. Information about Saladin's childhood is scarce. Nevertheless, several sources claim that during his youth, he was very knowledgeable in the Quran and the sciences of religion. The loss of Jerusalem during the First Crusade became a powerful catalyst for Saladin's interest in religion. The desecration of sacred sites and the displacement of Muslim communities fueled a sense of injustice. Saladin, surrounded by the remnants of a once glorious Islamic civilization, would have felt a compelling need to understand, preserve, and revitalize the cultural and religious identity of his people. Saladin, in his youth, likely found inspiration in the stories of resilience and resistance exhibited by his forebears during the period of the Crusades. Saladin embarked on his military journey under the guidance of his paternal uncle, Shirkar, a distinguished military commander serving under Nur ad-Din, the ruler of Aleppo and Damascus, who ruled the Syrian province of the Seljuk Empire. In the year 1067, Saladin would take part in the Battle of Al-Babian. He played a significant role, commanding the right wing of the army, while his uncle Shirkar commanded the centre. Saladin would draw King Amalric of Jerusalem's troops away from the battlefield with a feigned retreat, transforming the battle into several smaller skirmishes. He would also capture Lord Hugh of Cassera and wipe out his unit, joining back up with the bulk of his army. This would end the battle, resulting in victory for Saladin and Nurad Din. Saladin would then make his way to Egypt, which at this point was in a state of decay. The political and social situation was in turmoil, with the Fatimid Caliphate losing their grip on power. The Fatimids traced their ancestry to the Islamic prophets Muhammad's daughter Fatima and her husband. The Fatimid dynasty ruled territories across the Mediterranean coast and ultimately made Egypt its centre with the empire spanning a large area of North Africa and West Asia. However, by 1168, Norad Din, the emir of the Zengid dynasty, and Saladin's uncle Shirkar had come to Egypt to relieve the Fatimids from a crusader invasion. Saladin's uncle would be appointed as the ruler of Egypt, but Shirkar would die just two months later the power vacuum created by Shirkar's demise provided an opportunity for Saladin to consolidate authority in Egypt. However, Saladin was a foreigner in Egypt and faced many posing threats from the established Fatimid military and the elites. Nevertheless, 
By the time Saladin was appointed as the ruler of Egypt, the Caliphate was a shadow of its former glory days, having been severely weakened by the Seljuk Turks and the Crusaders in the 11th century. Saladin's ascension to the role of vizier sidelined the Caliph al-Adid, who was meant to be the ruler. This would lead to a conspiracy. Egyptian soldiers would attempt to assassinate Saladin. One of the lead conspirators was an African eunuch, who Saladin ordered to be killed. This triggered the Battle of the Slaves, a fight between the black African units of the Fatimid army and the Sunni Syrian troops loyal to Saladin. The clashes lasted for two days, but in the end, the African troops were annihilated. This would culminate in the restoration of Saladin's dominance over Egypt. Members of Saladin's family were installed as governors, the civilian bureaucracy was largely won over to the new regime, and the Caliph Al-Al-Did was said to be frail and soon died at the age of 20. Some reports say he was poisoned, and others that he simply died from being unwell, again creating a power vacuum. Saladin quickly overthrew the Fatimid dynasty and became the undisputed ruler of Egypt. After the fall of the Fatimid Caliphate, Saladin initiated a transformative shift, converting the country's official faith from Shia to Sunni, further dismantling the Fatimid Caliphate in Egypt. Simultaneously, Saladin undertook an ambitious recruitment campaign to assemble a new army loyal to himself, rather than the deceased Fatimid Caliph, who passed away in the year 1171. Saladin's superior Nur al-Din would die in the year 1174, his ten-year-old son succeeding him. Seizing the opportunity, Saladin, accompanied by his devoted army, journeyed from Egypt to Syria. There, he assumed control and declared himself the Sultan of the extensive territory. Subsequently, in 1177, Saladin ventured into Palestine, following the breakdown of the truce with the Crusaders. His objective was to reclaim territories seized by the Crusaders, and establish a formidable Muslim presence in Palestine. This marked a pivotal moment for Saladin's quest for territorial consolidation, and his emergence as the formidable leader in the broader Islamic world. Saladin now the Sultan of Egypt and Syria had consolidated the Muslim world using a combination of military campaigns and strategic alliances. His ambition was to unify all Muslim territories under a single banner. To achieve this goal, he declared himself the champion of jihad, a sacred struggle aiming to protect Islam and expel the Christians from the Holy Land through a holy war. However, Saladin faced a threat from a sect known as the Assassins, a religious order of killers who did not agree with Saladin's rule or sect of Islam. The Assassins were fanatically loyal to their leader, Rashid ad-Din Sinan, also known as the Old Man of the Mountain. The headquarters of the Assassins was Alamut Castle, which was famed for its beautiful heavenly gardens 
which young assassin trainees would mistake for paradise. The order allegedly drugged teenage boys with hashish, causing them to fall asleep. When they woke, they found themselves in the gardens of Alamut Castle, surrounded by beautiful women. The young men thought they had arrived in heaven, but were soon re-drugged and woke back up in a different section of the castle. Paradise was then offered to the boys if they trained to become assassins and followed the old man of the mountain's orders. Saladin had evaded assassination from the order twice. He set out to vanquish them. He laid siege to Masyaf Castle in the year 1176, one of the assassins' territories. But one night of the siege, something happened that made Saladin rethink his war. One night, Saladin's guards noticed a spark glowing down the hill near the castle, and then vanishing near the tents. Saladin awoke from his sleep to find a shadowy figure leaving his tent. He saw that the lamps in his tent were displaced, and beside his bed was a note, at the top pinned by a poisoned dagger. The note threatened that he would be killed if he did not withdraw from the siege. Saladin, realising that his life had just been spared, sought to abandon the attack and align himself with the assassins, thinking they would be a valuable ally, and feared what would happen if they befriended the Crusaders. Sinan and Saladin thereafter became allies. Through fate, Saladin cheated death and gained the allegiance of one of the most powerful assassin orders of the age. Saladin would soon turn his attention to Jerusalem. He heard the tales when the Crusaders took the city. They butchered all within. In the year 1174, Baldwin IV would ascend to the throne, some 75 years after the First Crusade's seizure of Jerusalem. Baldwin, however, had leprosy. This debilitating illness would greatly take a toll on him, but Baldwin was primarily a knight, and would defend Jerusalem from Saladin. Saladin would devise a plan. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And for his invasion. Upon learning of Saladin's intentions, Baldwin departed Jerusalem with a mere 375 knights, aiming to defend Ascalon. Yet, Baldwin's efforts were hindered as he confronted a contingent of troops dispatched by Saladin. Confident that Baldwin wouldn't dare pursue him with such a limited force, Saladin would advance towards Jerusalem, pillaging several cities under the assumption that Baldwin posed no threat. Unbeknownst to Saladin, the forces left to subdue the king were insufficient, led by King Baldwin IV of Jerusalem. The Christians pursued the Muslims along the coast, ultimately cornering their adversaries. 
this culmination led to the Battle of Monkezard in the year 1177, with Baldwin's teenage body ravaged by aggressive leprosy, he ordered the relic of the true cross to be raised before his troops, dropping to his knees and praying for victory. He then rose and faced cheers from his men, who were deeply moved by the spectacle. The leper king would fight among his men, his hands bandaged to conceal his sores. This act alone conveys what a chivalrous warrior Baldwin truly was. The Christian forces would quickly overcome the Muslims. Baldwin relentlessly pursued Saladin until nightfall. With Saladin's personal bodyguard being slain, he narrowly avoided capture by fleeing on a swift camel, albeit with most of his men meeting their demise. This triumph elevated the teenage leper king to legendary status, decisively defeating Saladin in a remarkable battle. Saladin narrowly escaped death. This would not discourage him, however, on his holy quest of taking Jerusalem. Saladin would soon defeat Baldwin in the Battle of Marjayun. The Grand Master of the Templar Order was captured, and King Baldwin barely escaped unable to mount a horse because of his crippling disease. He was carried to safety by night as his bodyguard cut a bloody path through the Saracens. This battle revealed how King Baldwin's physical condition was quickly deteriorating. He could no longer command his armies from horseback. In the year 1180, Saladin arranged a truce between himself and two Christian leaders. King Baldwin IV of Jerusalem and Raymond III of Tripoli to prevent bloodshed. But two years later, in the year 1182, Lord Renald of Châtillon ruthlessly attacked Muslim caravans, passing through his lands on the way for pilgrimage, breaking packs for safe passage of pilgrims. Resenting this violation of the truce, Saladin immediately assembled his army and prepared to strike. In the year 1183, Saladin laid siege to the castle of Kerak, a crusader stronghold. At this point, Baldwin was dying. In the year 1184, he developed a fever and would pass away. In his final moments, he made his nephew Baldwin V king and installed Raymond of Tripoli as regent. Tragically, the following year, the young Baldwin also passed away. Sibylla, the late Baldwin IV's sister, who ascended to the throne after her son, appointed her husband Guy as the king of Jerusalem. By the year 1187, the leader of the Crusader army was Guy of Louisiana. However, Guy's suitability to lead the army into battle was questionable due to several shortcomings. He lacked military expertise, portraying characteristics of a weak and indecisive leader. Moreover, his claim to the crown was not universally accepted, as he ascended to kingship through a palace coup. On the other hand, Saladin, the renowned Muslim military leader and Sultan of Egypt and Syria, confronted the crusader forces led by Guy. The circumstances leading up to the battle 
were marked by internal divisions among the Crusaders and the strategic brilliance of Saladin. Saladin was still enraged that Renal de Chatillon had attacked innocent Muslim pilgrims and swore to slay him personally, motivating him to invade the Crusader kingdoms in the year 1187. Saladin found himself in the decisive confrontation with the combined might of the Crusader forces led by Guy of Louisiane, the King Consort of Jerusalem. This clash of arms took place at the Battle of Hattin that would etch its place in history. Saladin, displaying remarkable military acumen, faced off against a crusader force that, unfortunately for them, proved to be ill-fated from the outset. The heat took its toll on the crusaders in their armour, and they exhausted the small amount of water that they had. The engagement at Hattin witnessed the near total annihilation of the crusader force, marking a profound disaster for their aspirations in the Holy Land. The repercussions of this crushing defeat resonated far beyond the battlefield, ushering in a new chapter in the history of the Crusades. Amidst the chaos of the battle, Saladin achieved a significant victory, capturing Renald of Châtillon. Saladin would personally behead him, but allowed Guy to eventually be ransomed. Saladin had just solidified his reputation as a formidable military leader, but also reshaped the geographical landscape of the Holy Land, as Jerusalem had now fallen to the Muslims. The fall of Jerusalem, however, would set the stage for the Third Crusade, led by Richard I of England, otherwise known as Richard the Lionheart. The clash between Saladin and Richard the Lionheart during the late 12th century epitomises one of the most renowned confrontations in the annals of the Crusades. Saladin, a skilled military strategist and statesman, rose to prominence as a unifier. His reputation for chivalry and honour, coupled with his military prowess, distinguished him as a leader of unparalleled stature. On the opposing side, Richard the Lionheart, known for his martial prowess and indomitable spirit, emerged as the central figure in the Third Crusade. The Third Crusade, spanning from the years 1189 to 1192, saw the collision of Saladin and Richard on the stage of the Holy Land. One of the notable battles in this historic rivalry was the Battle of Asaf in the year 1191. Richard the Lionheart, leading the Crusader forces, demonstrated his military brilliance by securing a decisive victory over Saladin's army. The clash highlighted Richard's tactical acumen and the resilience of the Crusader forces. However, Saladin's ability to retreat strategically without suffering a complete defeat showcased his adaptability on the battlefield. Beyond the military engagements, the interactions between Saladin and Richard revealed a complex interplay of diplomacy and mutual respect. The two leaders engaged in negotiations, displaying a certain level of chivalry and honour that transcended the brutality of medieval warfare. 
despite being adversaries. Saladin and Richard developed a mutual admiration, recognizing the qualities of valor and honor in each other. The culmination of their interactions occurred with the signing of the Treaty of Jaffa in the year 1192, effectively bringing an end to the military hostilities of the Third Crusade. Saladin even said that there was not a more honorable Christian lord than Richard. The treaty allowed for Christian pilgrims to access Jerusalem peacefully, marking a pragmatic resolution to the conflict. Saladin died of a fever in the year 1193, at the age of 56. His legacy extends beyond the battlefield. His governance and emphasis on religious tolerance stands as the pillars of his leadership. He united diverse factions under the banner of Islam, fostering a sense of unity and stability. His chivalrous conduct, including the sparing of civilians during conflicts, elevated him to a symbol of honor in the annals of Islamic history. During Saladin's life, he united the various Arab and Muslim states and made war against the Crusaders. Today, Saladin stands as an enduring symbol of unity, justice, and resilience. I hope you all enjoyed the video. If you did, make sure to like, subscribe, and share, and I'll see you all soon for another History Profile. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.